Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Welcome to Conversations. Uh, I am Jeff Stott. I'm the pastor at Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri, and I have with me again Billy Johnson. He's one of the elders at the church, and uh, we are in a series of discussions about making disciples. Uh, last time, we began looking at the five stages of spiritual growth that God's Word reveals to us, and now we introduced all five and talked about what, why they're important and how do we use these and, and, and like in ministry, but also in life, like why is it important to know the five stages, you know, when you're evaluating people at work or dealing with people at work. And, you know, if you're a parent, how does that impact you parenting and raising your kids spiritually? And maybe even in your marriage, if you're married, if you know, one person is at one level and, um, uh, and so it would help you to be able to understand why, somebody in your life is saying what they're saying and where they are spiritually. And that gives you an indication of what you can do to help them move along. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Right on. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, and so what we're going to do today though, is we're just going to, uh, we're going to dive in and, and go in a little more detail, not a little more. We're going to go a lot more detail in, into stage one. Also what we're going to talk about today is just stage one out of the five stages. So if you uh, want to know what the five stages are, just go back <laughs> Instead of us reviewing here, <laughs> sure. just go back to the last podcast. You'll hear it all, you, you, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we're going to unpack stage one, you know, what it is, how to recognize it, how to use it and um, uh, in ministry and in life today. All right, Billy, you, you want before we actually start unpacking all the stuff, you got anything you want to throw I, in there? Man, I'm just happy to be here. You're, uh, you're always happy to be here. Yeah, you know, this is a good time for me. This is uh, this is both awesome because, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the listeners out there get something out of this. But, I mean, the truth is, is it's also good for me, you know, on my personal journey. And, and it's a good review of all <laughs> these ideas. And, and um, it just kind of helps me. I I'm a firm believer that it just kind of helps me show grace to people. If I better understand why people are behaving the way they are, I can better respond to them. So that this is always a good uh, a good review for me as well. Well, yeah, you know, um, I think when we're dealing with people, it should be a natural response to sort of understand, or at least want to understand, where they are spiritually. Because, I mean, there's a... There's a reason why they say and do what they're doing. Sure. You know, I mean, there's a reason why my four-year-old says and does what she does. Sure. Versus my 32-year-old. Right. You know? You know, but I also find, so I agree that we should naturally want to understand where a person's at and why they're behaving the way they are, you know, but I think I think it becomes so terribly difficult because of our own sinful nature and, and all that. Uh, you know, oftentimes when we get somebody that we disagree with or that isn't on the same level spiritually or maybe above or below us, wherever they're at, it's just easier to kind of close those people out and walk away from them because, you know, they can be difficult. But, you know, part of what... Part of what I'm hoping that people will do is is take this seriously and really try to apply this in their interactions with other with other people, you know, because uh, it it can both help that other person in their growth. And it can also help you become, you know, more uh, graceful, more less frustrated with people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If if you kind of have a good idea of where they're coming from. So my hope is is that the listener will not only absorb this information but also apply it because they'll be happier. You know, and and um, you know, yeah, they'll be they'll be happier and less frustrated with people. You know, one of the things that uh, we haven't really discussed, but I was thinking about it. You said something that made me think. You know, I, I think I I think I think spiritually mature people must sound very odd to spiritually immature people, like a parent to a child. Oh yes, you know, you know, like so when. I know my kids uh, the, when they're young, you know, um, like the four and seven year old. Sure, you know, I will tell them we got to do this or do that, 
And I know they don't understand what I'm saying. Sure. <laughs> or why we have to do I, it. Yeah, that was my point. It's like, okay, I, I, I hear the words that are coming out of your mouth, but why is it that we're yeah. doing these and, things? And then you, as a parent, you try to explain that to them. Sure. You know, I remember the, okay, I'm assuming most adults are listening to this. Right. <laughs> this right. Podcast. We probably don't have a lot of 10 to 15-year-olds. Right. Yeah, or 7-year-olds. Or 7-year-olds, yeah. So I remember when I the first time I sat down with my kids and did the sex talk. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's an awkward conversation. I had I, okay, and one had no clue what I was talking about. Okay. Yeah. The oldest one uh, knew too much. Sure. <laughs> Sure. Okay. It's like the oldest one made you upset, like, made you cry. How did you, whoa, well, where did, <laughs> yeah. where did you learn that at? Yeah. Okay. I didn't so, even use that term. I what are you talking what, about? What? Yeah. And, and one of them <laughs> was like when I explained uh, when I explained how sex happens. Yeah. Uh, his response was, he said, "Nah." <laughs> That's not no. You don't do that. Nope. I said, yeah. That's that's how it works. Uh uh-uh, uh. No. <laughs> right, right. It's like it was like you no. weren't even speaking their language. Yeah. It's, it's like, like you fully don't it understand. Was like totally the idea that that was disgusting. Sure, sure, sure. I, I I would love to see the look on their face looking at you like you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. You know? And and I would say it was fun. But what I'm saying is is that I think sometimes uh uh for those who are, you know, spiritual parents, you know, out of the five stages, mm-hmm. or the spiritual young adult, you know, we have to be very careful and intentional when we're communicating or doing things uh, in front of people who are not as spiritually mature because they can be easily misled or confused. Well, so I can't help but think about, and and we've probably talked about it on the podcast before, but, you know, years ago, uh, you know, when I was in life group with you, I saw you as, you know, somebody who was spiritual and mature and, and trying to do the right thing. And it was so odd to me, you know, to the point where I was asking you questions like, how do you live your life day to day? Because I had this idea, the things that you were saying and the way you were behaving mm-hmm. as a more spiritually mature person. Not only did I not not understand why it was that I, I had I wasn't even on the radar of of some of the things you were saying and and some of the insight that you had. It's like what in the world does that even mean? Didn't even compute. N- no, it no wasn't frame of reference. No, it, there was no frame of reference, and I had no capacity to right. digest the information. So yeah, when you talk about you know, how strange a spiritually mature person might sound to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I could tell you is, is that, uh, you know, I had that experience as I was growing spiritually. You know, I've had that experience several times, right. you know, at different levels. And, uh, you know, so yes, it, it could be quite confusing to a person who may not be as spiritually mature or may just be starting out. Right. You know, you don't have long, drawn-out theological conversations with an infant. Right, no. Because you know they're just chewing on their hands, you know, and that's about <laughs> and as exciting. Distracted. Yes, and yeah. and would never understand the context or the words right. that you're using anyway. So yeah, you know, for the listener, it's like keep that in mind. You know, yeah. wherever if if you're talking to somebody who's not on the same level, keep it in mind that you may be using words and phrases and and ideas that they haven't ever even considered. Right. You know. Yeah, I think I've shared this before, but I had a professor one time did an incredible had an incredible object lesson in class. Um, and he was a uh, missionary to Japan for a while, for a few years there. So he knew some Japanese, you know? Yeah. And uh, so he said, uh, so he wa- walks up in front of class and he says, <clears throat> and he starts speaking speaking Japanese. I can't speak Japanese, you know, Ching Chong Wong. I, yeah, you know, I, I Konnichiwa. Yeah, I, that may I, be yeah, I Japanese yeah, or yeah, Chinese. I'm yeah, not sure I which. I don't know. You know, it's cool sound. Or no. Korean. I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> right, you know, I mean, right, right, right. So he he's and and he is just saying something in Japanese. Sure. And uh, we're all sitting in class thinking, what he said. He, then he said, "Did anybody understand what I just said?" So that's a great point. And I, I yeah, and no. And he said, he said, "Well, but I just I just quoted John three sixteen to you." Sure. 
And he said, uh, he said, this is, this is where we need to be careful when we're trying to minister to people or share the gospel. He says, we think we're speaking their language and that they understand us because we're throwing all the stuff that we know. Yeah. You know, but we're not starting with where they're at. What a great, great that point. That just stuck with me. And yes. That, yeah. So, and this is why, okay, so I remember, okay, I've been around long enough to where I was... During I was uh, I became a I was young I becoming a pastor, and churches were going through this major experimental stage. This is when the Rick Warren. I mean, a lot of people listening may not even know who I'm talking about, but there was this guy named Rick Warren. He's mm-hmm. known for the purpose driven life, but he was doing some crazy stuff with how to do church out in California. Then there was this guy named Bill Hybels up in Chicago, and he was doing this crazy new stuff. You know what I'm saying? And doing church differently, and he was talking about you know a, a church for the seekers and all that kind of stuff. And they got both of them got under a lot of fire because they were removing certain phrases and certain songs from their services because the people that they were trying to reach, sure, it made no sense to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they were up front that 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 they're this is what they're doing. They're yeah. They're trying to be sneaky. So they. And I remember them getting uh, heavily criticized, along with a few other churches, about removing songs that had like a lot of, you know, washed in the blood sure. type language. Yeah. Oh, I guess you're ashamed of Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's like... It's like, well, I guess that's one way to look at it. Yeah. No, but it's completely inaccurate, <laughs> yeah. but okay. Yeah, no. yeah. <clears throat> and they weren't. You right. Know? And uh, and so they uh, they were just, you know, and the, the, there was this one song called Here I Lay My Ebenezer. It's a hymn. Okay. Old timers know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do not. Right. And there's a reason why you don't. Sure, sure. Okay. It's Here I lay my Ebenezer. Yeah, it's an Old Testament reference. And okay. And kind of thing that, you know. Sure. You got to explain, you know. And um, and so and they were, they, were, they were trying to get, they were bringing in songs that were newer and that made more sense. And you didn't need to explain, you know. Sure. Uh, so I remember even one song was the here out here, uh, angels prostrate fall. That was a phrase in one of the hymns, you know, they, that was one that they decided to get rid of because it sounds different prostrate. It, it, it sounds medical yeah. in a way. Yeah. yeah. I know what they're saying. I, I, I have an idea of what they're saying, yeah. but it sounds very medical. I, yeah. I, I, and, and every one of these songs that, that they, they, they were good. Sure. Some good theology. Oh yeah, don't miss And they and it wasn't they were watering down the gospel. It was just that okay, we, you know. And so I was on a, uh, I was in a uh, on a mission trip in London years ago, and uh, we went to this church that uh, had been around for four hundred years. Wow, that church has been around a long. time. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Yes. <laughs> Okay. So, so uh, me and three other guys, we decided on this particular Sunday, we uh, we went to the host church that, you know, uh, but we also uh, went to this other church. As soon as that church was over, we went to the early service of the host church. And then uh, we were told, hey, if you want to go see what church was like 400 years ago, down, go down to this church down here, you know, big old huge building. Walk in, just nobody's there. The, when we first walk up there, this lady that's greeting, older lady, she says, are y'all here for church? She said, oh yeah, we're here. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. We never get any young people. That was straight out of her mouth. Yeah. And I'm going, well, I'm about to find out why, I bet. You know, <laughs> sure. That's what I was thinking. Sure. So we go in and uh, yeah, you, you walk back in time. Building's back in time. It's, it's a museum. Right? That would be a neat experience it though. It was. I yeah. actually enjoyed it. That sounds incredible. It's not where I would go to church sure. or invite anybody. Or so you're not saying you. they were necessarily speaking your language or speaking in the tone that that you're accustomed to. No, no. Yeah. And so uh, they had this little hymn book, right? Yeah. That we sung out of. And so, um, and uh, I opened it up and in the hymn book, uh, I didn't recognize any of them. None of them. And then I started looking at when they were written. And, okay, so if you're a Southern Baptist Mm -hmm. or a Methodist and you've got a hymn book, you know what I'm saying? Or actually any American denomination and you go to church you can know some you might find a song written like 1800s yeah maybe sure maybe one or two snuck in there a little bit earlier these were 1600s <laughs> 1500s yeah and i mean the language and i'm reading i'm reading the i'm reading the lyrics i'm thinking i have no idea what this song is about and you were in 
I'm in seminary. Yeah, I was going to say, you were in seminary at, at the time, time and you're looking going, time, right. what? And I'm going, I, I don't even know what this is about. Sure. And so uh, so can you imagine going to a, can you imagine, and we're talking about stage one, we're starting to get in there. <laughs> we'll get there two, eventually. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> being a lost person or a spiritual infant who's not raised in church? You go to church and you're singing songs that you don't understand. Yes. Using I, words you don't understand. Yes. Preacher is saying phrases that you don't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Using words you don't know what he's talking about. People are amening this thing. And you're thinking, and, you've, and you're as lost as all get out in with the people. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, somebody wants to, trying to help us understand, I can't remember who said this, but I thought this stuck in my mind. They said, they said, when you invite somebody to church that has never been to church, um, keep in mind, it would be like some, like if you had a neighbor that was a Muslim mm-hmm. and they invited you to their services. It's a great point. Every emo- that's good perspective. Yeah, every emotion you feel, every weird thought you have about going, that's what that lost person is going to have about your church. That is a great perspective for Christians. Yeah. Remember that that is a great point. Yeah. Don't yeah. assume that they're comfortable, they understand the language, they understand the music, they understand what to do because there is a culture in your church Every church has a culture. Yeah, when to stand, when to sit. You know what I'm saying. And uh, uh, even at Genesis, I'm constantly having to remind the people on stage, tell the people when to sit and stand. Yes, because it, it gets awkward quick. Well, and I'll tell you. So I went. Uh, I went to a Catholic wedding one time. It's the only one I've ever been to. Uh, and man, there was a lot of standing up and sitting down and a lot of conversation. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what was going on. Right. Yeah. None. Mm-mm. And so, yeah, I can absolutely, yeah, I, I remember walking in there and, and, you know, the whole crowd would, uh, like the, the, the priest would say something and then the whole crowd would respond and yeah. I'm over there just mumbling, going, I have no clue what to do. Well, so, yeah. Well, when I was in London, I did a, um, um, what was called a, uh, world worship tour. Oh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, cause in London, London's like New York, you can do this in really any major city, what I'm about to explain. And I, I would encourage Every Christian to do this. Yeah. Um, so uh, on one particular day, um, I can't remember what day it was, but on one particular day every week, uh, all the world religions in London, not because they got together and planned this, they just had services on the same day. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't, I can't remember if it was a Saturday. I want to say it was. I don't remember. But anyway, <clears throat> on that particular day, we went to a, uh, uh, we went to a Hindu service mm-hmm. uh-huh we went to a um and a muslim service and then we tried to go to another one but they for some reason they weren't having services that day for some reason i'm not yeah. sure why i mean but the guy was leading this he was kind of surprised they weren't open but anyway so so i got to do this hindu muslim thing yeah back to back and uh, i will say going into the muslim worship service as a non-muslim Sure. And as a guest, you know, even though I had somebody with me who had done this and they were very familiar and they would coach us along, okay, do this, don't do that, say this, don't say that. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, I, w- I was nervous. Sure. You know, I didn't know, oh, you know, am I going to have to do something I don't want to do? Right. Am I going to say something? I have to participate in something I don't want to participate in because right. I don't believe this. And um, while at the same time being respectful of other and, humans. Right. You know, yeah. yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, yeah, that's, I bet that was nerve wracking. Yeah, it is. And, um, <clears throat> same thing happened at the uh, Hindu service and, uh, and cause Hindus have all kinds of gods. And so that was a different experience because, you know, you're, they have different statues up there for whatever your need is. You go to that particular God or goddess. Sure. And, um, and give them an offering or something, you know, of some type. And, um, I saw this mom and with her little girl, uh, they went up to some statue, some idol, and um, placed some food at the front of it, like vegetables and fruit and stuff like that. Sure, as and, the offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for because they're wanting something. Sure, you know? and um, so you know, and I'm you know, and I'm asking the guy next to me questions who who understood what was happening, and you know about various things. And I mean, it was all foreign to me. I mean, I, I mean, I was like. This is weird. Yeah. But you know, I'm glad I did it because that is how 
lost people feel mm-hmm. who don't go to church when they come to your church and you know they feel lost and it's and it's weird to them well and and you know so so look i am a huge fan of uh man christians going to church worshiping god singing along raising their hand during service all of those things yeah. i'm a huge fan of christians yeah. doing that but it is important that we keep in mind if we invite somebody and that's their first time you know it may be overwhelming to them to walk you know to walk into this environment mm-hmm. You know that that they're unfamiliar with and that they're uncomfortable with, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then you know it, it, it might do us some good to think about their perspective. You know, show some empathy to the fact that this is not something that they're accustomed to, and maybe maybe we don't clap our hands or yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't. It's I don't, a fine line. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how yeah. how it manifests itself, yeah. but but yeah, at least keeping those things in mind I mean, is very important. Because church, okay, let me be clear: when believers gather together for church, the the service is actually for believers. Sure. Okay. I mean. People who are saved, that's who it's for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really an evangelistic event. Right. Okay. That's not how the New Testament pictures believers coming together. In the New Testament, when you study churches coming together for worship, it's for them. Sure. Okay. All right. But uh, with that, you know, lost people are coming in. You know, yeah. You know, so uh, if you invite somebody, be sure. I mean, I'll, I guess really what I'm saying is it was nice to have somebody who, who knew what was going on. Next yes. Year. Yeah, be that person. Be that person. Yes. Invite them, you know, and, you know, uh, if, you, if you already know there's some issues that, that, that might be confusing for them, just go yeah. ahead and address them before it ever starts. And when it's over with, hey, do you have any questions? Anything yeah. to you? Let me explain, you know, can I answer any questions for you? Just to sort of relieve some of that fear of being in a new place, strange place. Yeah, why know? wouldn't we be doing that? Yeah, and just say, hey, you know? they're not going to ask you to pray. I said, you know, and just assume that they say, look, I just want you to know, they're not going to ask you to pray. You're not going to have to, you're not going to stand up and be spotted out. They're not going to, you know, do that kind of stuff. It's right. Just, this is like going to a football game. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're going to go in, get a hand, somebody's going to hand you something, some information, and we're going to go sit down and you can sing if you want. You can stand if you want. doesn't yeah. matter. You know, yeah. it's just, no, don't worry about it. You know, uh, Nobody's going to embarrass you. <laughs> sure. Or try not to anyway. Yeah. Or Because if, yeah. if this is an embarrassing place, I wouldn't come and I wouldn't invite you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. That kind of thing. So, yeah. uh, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, I do think we have to keep all that stuff in mind. I remember this one church in Branson, Missouri. can't remember the name of the church. I was pastoring a, my first church, a little tiny church in Spokane, Missouri. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those towns small enough where it doesn't have a population sign. Sure. Actually, I don't think it has a sign. I mean, you just <laughs> you just kind of there. You just know that you're, I'm in Spokane. Yeah, you're there or you're yeah. not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know. So uh, there's a little tiny church, and I was in my tw- tw- uh, young 20s, and I'm trying to figure things out. And so I heard about this church in Branson, which was only about 45 minutes away from where I was pastoring. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so uh, me and a, uh, a couple of deacons from the church, we decided to go, uh, well, I wanted to take a field trip. Yeah. And uh, because they had what was called a believer service on Tuesday night. A believer service. A believer that's what they called it, a believer okay. service. All right. <clears throat> and so uh and here's how they here's how they worked it. <clears throat> on Sunday morning they ran about 6 to 700 people. Okay. They met in at the time there was a Jim Stafford Theater, okay? You know one of the performers. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh uh the building's not there anymore. It got a tornado came through and wiped. A tornado came through Branson a few years ago and wiped out a bunch of buildings. And well, that's one that just did get rebuilt. And Jim Stafford was old. I think he was just retired. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, they met. They they would rent his facility, or I mean, he may have donated because I, I had heard that Jim Stafford was a Christian. Yeah. And so anyway, so they had they had you would go to uh, the church there, and they would run about six seven hundred people. A lot of people from out of town. Sure. You know, these yeah. Christian groups come in and look for a church. Well, hey, well, we can go to Jim Stafford's Theater. They got church there, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And so, uh, and so when we met with the pastor that Tuesday night, we went to the believer service. And afterwards, we had about, I don't know, 45 minutes with the pastor. And we could, you know, we just picked his brain about how they set up and why they do what they do. Sure. And he said, here's, here's the deal. He said, when people come to our church and they want to join, he said, part of being a member of their church was you have to be willing to serve 
on Sunday morning uh, at the Jim Stafford Theater. And he said, the reason is, he said, our membership is only about 50 or 60 people, but we yeah. run 600. Yeah. He says, we need every member working. Yeah. He said, our service on Sunday morning is not for the members. Right. It's for everybody else. Yeah. Okay. It's all those tourists and other people who just attend, you know, from mm-hmm. the community. And so uh, he said, so what we did was because of that, we decided that we would have another smaller service. Yeah. Like a legit, like a legit church service. Uh, but they met in a hotel conference room. And so they rented this conference room every week. And so that's where we were. We went, traveled with me, me and a couple of days, went down there. We met, we did their worship service. And, um, and when we were picking his brain about the difference between the two services, he said, well, he said, he said on Sunday morning, we don't promote the offering very hard. We don't the certain things we don't say. We don't do, you know, like he said, but we do on, on during the believer service. Right. Because the, he said the target audience now is completely different. Yeah. Our purpose is completely That's different. That's some great perspective. Yeah. And that was, that was way ahead of the curve on oh, that yeah. thought process 30 years ago. Okay. Well, see, and that that also is fantastic for the members of that church because on Sunday there's no feeling like, "Hey, I'm missing the service" or "I'm not getting right." You know what? So they they're able to serve without that right. feeling of want. Like, man, I'm not getting. You know, I'm, I'm having to focus on these other things, right. and I'm not getting the the message in the same way. So, yeah, having that having that available to them that is. Man, what a great idea. Yeah, and he, you know, they thought through the process. I mean, he yeah. said, you know, announcements were totally different because most of these people aren't going to be here next week. Sure. You know, they're passing through. Wow. And he said every sermon had to be standalone. There's no series on Sunday morning because Man. they're only going to be here. They're only, you know. Man, that's really, you know, that's really just understanding your audience and yeah. understanding. Yeah. And being yeah. willing to mess with yes. tradition yes. for the sake of, of spreading the gospel or whatever your purpose is, you know, yes. for a particular service. And what's what's weird is is that some churches do something very similar, they just don't know it. Uh years ago, they churches would um uh some churches would have like if they lit, if they were near a, a camp like a campground, uh, a state park. Sure. They would have church in the state park. Yeah. You know, the little amphitheater that yes. some of the state parks have and they would have a special thing and they would do everything I've just said. At the state park, because they would want the during the summer they would want people coming in yeah. for the campers and all that kind of stuff, and they would do these standalone. They, they it's the exact same concept, uh, but for some reason it seemed okay in that scenario. Sure, but to bring it home to your church, you know, and do what they were doing, meaning okay, we're gonna give up Sunday morning and we're gonna turn it into this. Yeah, and then the service for us will be. On Tuesday night. We're going to give up Sunday morning for the sake of someone else. Right. And then we'll have ours on Tuesday evening. Yeah, Yeah, man, that that is, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Okay, so we've actually been talking about stage one a little bit without talking about stage one. Sure. Because a lot of this stuff applies. So, all right, stage one um, is what is typically known as the spiritually dead. Okay. Okay. a spiritually dead person is characterized by two words. One is unbelief and or and or rebellion, mm-hmm. being rebellious. Uh, but we gotta we're gonna need to unpack that because it it, yes. it it sounds it sounds it's not what you think. Well, and I, I was gonna say, yeah, uh, I, <clears throat> I was hoping that uh, you would spend a little bit of time yeah. having a discussion about those two words, right? Because uh, I think we picture things that aren't quite true about sure. all lost people. Okay. Sure. All right. So uh, just biblically, just as a, a foundation here, God's word says that each person starts out in life dead in their trespasses and sins. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's Ephesians chapter two, verse one. And so this, the concept of being spiritually dead at stage one is based on Ephesians two, one <coughs> plus a bunch of other verses out there that talk about lost folks. Um, so, w- w- but spiritually dead, this is what we mean. The, we mean someone who is separated from God and will experience an eternal death away from God unless they believe in Jesus Christ for salvation. Mm-hmm. This person is not born again. They're not a follower of Jesus. They are lost. Okay, They're spiritually dead. They need Jesus in their life. All right, And um, 
Now, I call this person the seeker, you, you, and I'll flip back and forth between spiritual dead and the word seeker, um, because they, again, they the Bible says nobody seeks God, no, not one. Okay? Sure. All right? So I call them the seeker because everybody is seeking something. Mm-hmm. You know, they're seeking, they're seeking purpose or meaning or value, belonging, acceptance, something. Okay. And they're, and they'll, they're seeking all of that in the wrong places. Okay. Sure. Cause it's really all, all of that is found in your relationship with Christ and through Christ. Um, but also I want to add that all seekers, uh, all seekers are lost, but some are more lost than others. Okay, this is where we get into this unbelief and rebellious right. technology. Right, right. Okay? Now, what do I mean by that? We mean, people, we have a person, how can a person be more dead than somebody else? <laughs> sure. Okay, well, I'll tell you how. I was going to say, I, I bet you have a theory. I uh, have a theory. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are people who die on the operating table. They're dead. But they're still very close to life. Sure. And that's why they're able to jumpstart their heart. Follow what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and then there's some people who, I mean, they are, they've been dead for a while out in the woods and you come across their body. And there's no jump start. And there ain't heart. no jump start. It's going to take a flat out miracle. <laughs> yes. It's going to be a God thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a God thing either way. Sure. But what I'm saying is all dead people aren't created the same. <laughs> sure. Okay. I mean, sure. They, some people are more dead than others. Absolutely. All right. Some people are more lost than others. It's one thing. Okay. You can be a person may feel as lost as somebody else. I mean, that individual. Mm-hmm. I mean, lost. If you're lost, you're going to feel lost. Sure. But it's one thing to be lost in the mall with your parents than to be lost out in the woods by yourself. <laughs> yes, sir. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's clear. All right. Yeah. So, spiritually speaking, I think it's the same way because there are some people. The Bible even talks about some are far away from God, mm-hmm. okay, as if there's something aren't so far. And even uh, the Bible even talks about some refer to some folks being very close to the truth. Well, and, and that that's what I was thinking. You know that term seeker, right? So mm-hmm. if somebody's looking, if somebody's seeking out answers or something right. like that, they can be on the cusp uh-huh. of accepting Jesus, or they can be miles away right. from that point. Yeah. I mean, is that is that? Oh yeah, yeah. Accurate to the some people just are ready to listen, and some aren't. Right, some right. Are ready to hear the gospel, and some aren't. You know, but we can't be the judge of that because you never know. Because the outward appearance doesn't necessarily mean, you know, what they're saying. You know, or you can't really determine how lost a person really is. Sure. Because sometimes some people are very worldly, but on the inside, they're thinking a lot about God. Right. They're thinking a lot about giving up this old lifestyle. Yep. But while they're living it. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, uh, so I had this little scale that I do. Uh, and I think I've mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. What's called the lostness scale. Okay. Lostness scale is like a take a spectrum. So you got if you draw a line on a piece of paper mm-hmm. in the middle of the line, draw a line going up and down. Okay. So then right above that line, you got zero. So in the middle of this line, you have this zero. Okay. Yeah. To the left, you got minus one, minus two, minus three, minus four, all the way to minus ten. Mm-hmm. Okay. To the right, you got plus one, plus two, plus three, plus four. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. All the way to plus ten. Okay. So, <clears throat> uh, the zero represents when a person becomes born again. Okay. So if you want to you put a cross there. <laughs> okay. We're going to sanctify this scale. Put a little cross. As there. you put the line through the. It actually sort of forms a cross. It forms a see, cross. See, there. see that? Let's see how it works. It's beautiful. Right. It's beautiful. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. It you oozes this. spirituality, yes, it Jeff. Does. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so now, um, right now, the stage one is all to the left. Sure. It's the negative category, negative one, negative two, negative three, negative, all the way to negative 10, negative 10. So what you have is you have, in my mind, in my understanding, you have folks who are at a minus one lostness. Right. Okay. This is when we're evaluating this person's law. How lost are they? Well, a minus one loss person would, would be somebody like this. If you're talking to them about the Bible and you refer to uh, David and Goliath, they know who you're talking about. Right. Moses, they know you're talking about. Talking about Lazarus being raised from the grave. But man, yep, they went to they went to church with grandma all the time. 
You know, if you ask them about, well, how does a person get saved? This well, they got a place of faith in Jesus. That's what the Bible says. I mean, they're, they're, they they have all the right answers. Sure. You know, well, can you earn your way to heaven? Nope, can't do it. Are you ready to get your? Well, have you been thinking about giving your life to Jesus? Well, I have been thinking, but I'm not sure if I'm ready. Right. I mean, they 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 will have an intellectual, well informed, the right answer, knowledge types type. I mean, they're there. Yeah. You know, and they're feeling convicted about some of their sins. You know, they, they know right and wrong and all this kind of stuff. And they're thinking in the context of what does God think? Right. Okay. Minus one, they believe in the existence of God. They think Jesus is legit, you know. And, yeah. Uh, they may have a question whether he's the only way to heaven, but but they're close. Sure. They're minus one. Well, if you go all the way across the scale to minus 10, well, now let's go, uh, let's go to a Muslim country. Mm-hmm. Person who's been raised in Islam their whole life, never encountered a Christian. Sure, never read the Bible. You know, they just read their book, and uh, they uh, have a strong belief. Sure, they're not thinking about Jesus. They're not thinking about following Jesus. They have, matter of fact, they want to eliminate Christians. Minus ten. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So you can place a hardcore, stubborn, rebellious atheist at minus 10. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can place someone who is so in love with the world and their lifestyle you know, and their flesh uh, and their anti-God, anti-Christian you know, here in the United States. You can place them at minus 10. Let me ask you they this. They still be nice about it. but they Oh, sure. 10, right? So I've got, uh, I've got a couple of pals of mine, friends yeah. of mine, okay. uh, that, that would describe themselves as agnostic right. this idea that they believe something is going on but they haven't defined it right where do you put that on the scale like just uh, you know just and obviously the, right. look this isn't co- in concrete or anything right. we're just having a conversation but in your head where where do you put the agnostic types okay so the agnostic you're saying that they believe in a god they believe the way it's been described to me, I believe there is something that has formulated this. There's something bigger than just nature. Okay. There is some kind of force, some kind of God, yes. some kind of intelligent life. Yes. Okay. Um, and we're going to rule out aliens in this agnostic. Yeah. We're talking about something spiritual. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, and they are... I'm, I'm going to put them probably around a five, minus five. Okay, what about... Because a, it depends on a lot of other factors. Of course, you know, of there. course. I mean, there, there's so much nuance right. there right. and minutia in, in that, yeah. that that it becomes difficult to... So, uh, you know, I, I've also got another buddy of mine who, uh, when they were younger, were into church and were believers and this and that, uh, <clears throat> but now they have kind of moved into that that same agnostic type of right. thought process. I mean, where do you put a person like that? You know, I mean, just just what's your opinion on that? Yeah, without obviously we don't know their heart and how hard it is. Of course. Know? But again, uh, just the, the word agnostic for me, it, it, I start at a minus five, which means they they might know something. Sure. But they're pretty hard against it. That's fair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like, and I, the guy, because, and here's the deal. I think some people can be raised in a Christian home and they can hear the truth, hear the gospel, uh, know all the Bible stories, and they can be seriously thinking about it at some point, say like when they're, I don't know, 15, Yeah. you know, and but they just never follow through with it for whatever reason. And then um, go to college and they start drifting away and they go from minus one to minus two to minus three to minus sure. four. And they just keep moving further away. Yeah. And they become harder. You know, mm-hmm. now I don't want to get in. I mean, my theology struggles with what I just said, uh, because I'm convinced that once God starts drawing you, yeah, oh, you're going to be pulled in sure. eventually, sure, at some point, sure. You know what I'm saying? Because the point is, God never loses. That is the truth. <laughs> that is absolute fact. Okay. Yeah. I mean, people don't understand. He is sovereign. Uh huh. And all powerful. And he never loses. Sure. Okay. So once he starts drawing somebody, now, now that sounds like I'm saying something I'm not. Meaning, oh, you just you let some people die and go to hell and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> sure. Not, I don't want to get into the whole predestination election. <laughs> right. Who goes to heaven? Who goes to hell? How that, all that works? That's not what this discussion is about today. Someday we will. But um, 
but I do think that, you know, because the Bible talks about backsliding, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I think even exactly. lost people can can get close, you know, they can hear the gospel multiple times, think about it seriously, maybe even have an, an emotional experience. Sure, sure. You know. And then to push it away. And then push it away. Yeah. Right. You know, do their best to separate themselves from that. Right. You Run know. from it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, right. Um, all right. So <clears throat> here's what we're going to do. Um, oh, uh, one other thought here. We, I've kind of gotten this a little bit. But when we talk about seekers, these spiritually dead folks, again, again, they can be very worldly or they can be very religious. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's an old preacher. He's dead and going on to be with heaven. He was huge in his day. Uh W.A. Criswell. He was the pastor. That's a solid name. That's, that's, W.A. Criswell. That's right. I kind of want that name. Yeah. <laughs> that's so incredible. Before mega churches were a thing, yeah. he had a mega church. Yeah. Down in uh, First Baptist Church, uh, Dallas, Texas. Yeah, with a name like that. In Texas? Yeah. No less. Everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, sure enough. Yeah. So, and uh, he. Uh, now he was a self-made man. He was a, he was a millionaire, but he was in oil. He had some something to do with oil, but he also was a pastor. Yeah, and but he wasn't one of these money hungry guys. I mean, he had already he already had it. You know, what sure. I'm saying? And the, by the way, uh, I, I I can say this with some confidence. I haven't just fact checked this hardcore, uh, but um, I had heard that when he retired after thirty years, mm-hmm. remember he's already got all the money he wants. Sure. You know? That when he retired after 30 years of being the pastor at First Baptist Dallas, Texas, he uh, wrote a check that equaled every paycheck he was given by the church plus interest. He turned, he gave it all back. That, man, I hope that is 100% accurate because that is if awesome. If somebody's listening to this and you can confirm that or unconfirm that, I want to know because sure. that, that sounds almost too good to be true. That but, would be great. Yeah, but he, again, but it is well known that he was you know, very wealthy. Sure. Okay. Sure. So, um, but okay. With that said, this is why W.A. Criswell could say things like I'm about to say. A lot of pastors don't say what I'm about to say because their income is dependent on the people sitting in the pew. Sure. So he didn't care who he made mad. (laughs) Because (laughs) that's a freedom we'd all love to have, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so one day, one Sunday morning, he was preaching and, uh, he looked at his congregation and he's and he was doing a, like a gospel message, mm-hmm. and he says, "Guys," he said, "I want to tell you." He said, "I will be no you're talking about a mega church." Mm-hmm. He said, "I will be surprised if half of you are in heaven because mm. I don't think you're saved mm. based on what I'm seeing." Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Can you imagine your pastor standing up in the congregation? I love y'all, but <laughs> but I got to share some I hard think truth, half of y'all. Aren't gonna be in heaven. <laughs> we all died right now. At least half of y'all ain't. Gonna I make have it. some concerns. I have some concerns yeah. based on what I'm seeing and hearing. Sure. Right, so, uh, but what I'm saying is, is that they, some lost people can. A lot of lost people are can be very religious. Sure. I think these are some of the hardest ones to reach because they have sanctified. They're 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 clean sinners. Yeah. They don't smoke. They don't drink. They don't cuss, or they do all this very little, sure, kind of a thing. Sure, they, you know, uh, they're these great humans. Yeah, they say I don't have a tattoo, right? My hair. I'm a good citizen. I go to work. I go to church. I'm raising my kids right. You know what I'm saying? I love my family. I'm going to leave them, you know, an inheritance. You know that kind of a thing. I'm nice to people. I help people in the community. I'm a part of this thing. I'm part. They're good people. Yes, and they're religious people. They, they, they. they might even read their Bible. Sure. Two or three times a week. Sure. Go to church on a regular basis. Go to Sunday school class. Go to some life group. Go to whatever. Go to the, they they went to Promise Keepers every year. Sure. You know, back in this day, you know. And um, so, but they're lost. And there may be some listener out there going, Jeff, how can that be? <clears throat> yeah, how can that How be? can that be? Well, it's real simple. Okay. It's, it, it, it's the, the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ, that is it. Mm. That is it. That's the baseline. So we can do all these other things. We can be great human beings. We can do all the things that you just described. And the unfortunate thing is, is that, well, let me ask you this. So uh-huh. do you, we could fool ourselves into right. believing right. that that we're saved because of all of those things. 
how in the world, uh, you just mentioned that, that those are difficult, you know, folks to get through to, but how, how do we help those folks? Okay. Well, first of all, it's gotta be a God thing. The Holy Spirit's gotta do the illuminating. No doubt. No, no doubt. I can't do it. You can't do it. Right. We can be used in that process, and we right. can be willing to say what God wants us to say, you know. And uh, I mean, think about it: all the Pharisees and Sadducees, man, they all were coming out of the Old Testament book. Yep, that's this, exactly this what I was Jesus thinking completely. about. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking about while you were describing these, right. these yeah. very religious people. Yeah, they 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 didn't get it. Jesus right. didn't make any sense to them. You know, to them it was all about rules and laws and doing being good. Yeah. Doing the right thing, saying the right thing, be at the right place, stay away from the bad places, you know. Um, you know, um, so this is this is I, I think this is where we have to be careful because um okay, I went to okay, I was I, I was saved in what I would call a legalistic church. Okay. Right. So because the way I re- they preach the gospel. Meaning, if you want to go to heaven, uh, you're going to have to place your faith in Jesus Christ. He's the only way. There's mm-hmm. no other way. I mean, they they nailed that. Okay, but they also preached hard on things like uh, cut your hair, no tattoos, sure, no drums in the worship service. Mm-hmm. Watch out now. And you as a drummer, drummer, I, I am. Uh, Watch out. Hey, we're talking metal. Hey. And so, uh, and they preached that you know. Uh, if you're really dedicated, you're going to be there Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And if the revival was going on, I mean, you know, services, you know, you're going to be there every night. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, it was, you know, and you didn't, it, it, they would also preach against eating out on Sunday. Yeah. Back, you know, back then. Sure. So, I mean, I, what I'm hearing is rules, 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 rules. Do this, don't do that, do this. And I'm I'm not seeing that in the Bible. I'm saying be kind. Sure. You know. Yeah. Don't commit adultery. Right. In the Bible. You know, don't murder. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Yeah. Be gentle. Uh-huh. Be understanding. Be patient. You know, serve. All that kind of stuff. And you uh, didn't you didn't see the verse about cutting your hair and not playing drums? <laughs> no, no, I didn't see that. Well. Yeah. So they were turning their personal application into uh biblical law well and exactly what the pharisees did right and we've talked about before like church culture versus what right what it says in the bible right you know well and this is why i'm saying religious lost people yeah when i say religious i mean well i guess early any religious person but like people who go to church who hear the gospel Mm -hmm. you know and they're good and they're clean they seem to struggle with needing a savior Saved from what? Wow. Yeah. What am I what am I being saved from? I'm already living the kind of life that you're saying that Christians ought to live. Wow. So you see yes. what they don't understand is they're right. they're, they're building they're they're saying I'm earning my salvation. Right. Oh yeah. It's it's a work it's, it's salvation by works at this what point. What a terrible, terrible way to be fooled. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's dangerous. I mean, it's a great deception. You know, so you just you just said a moment ago and 100% accurate and right. You said, "Look, it's it's going to take the Holy Spirit and it's going to take a God thing, right?" Right. Because we can't I mean, obviously we can't save folks. Um so what can the listener do with the spiritually lost person? Right. So what we know is is just like you said, we cannot save them, that we cannot Force the truth on them. So what, on a day-to-day application, can you, me, and the listener do to help those people along? Well, first of all, I would say, you know, live it out. Yeah, be the example. Absolutely. As best as you can. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and let them see your <clears throat> imperfection. Yes. I mean, don't try to be something you're not. Don't try to present something you're not. I mean, again, I'm not saying put all your skeletons in the closet out in front of anybody who wants to see it. <laughs> sure. Some of us just don't want to see it. You sure. Know what I'm saying? You know, some people need to see those skeletons, some don't. All right? right. But what I'm saying is, is that, okay, so Jesus, all right, Jesus had this encounter with somebody. Uh, this young, rich guy comes to Jesus. Okay. Now, by the way, in the context of the first century where Jesus is at, if you had money, they saw that as a that God had blessed you because you were living right. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, that's how they saw it. Mm-hmm. So there's it's significant that this guy's rich. Is this the rich young ruler yes. that we're talking about? He's not okay. only rich, he's a ruler. Yeah. And he's yeah. in charge. Mm-hmm. He comes to him and uh, he's talking about, it. he says, point blank, what must I do to be saved? Jesus says, go sell everything you have and get to the poor. Now, what Jesus is doing is, is mind-blowing, <laughs> okay? Uh, because here's what's happening. And he says, well, I, the rich young ruler said, well, I've kept all the, all the commandments. You know, and he lists a few of them sure. to Jesus. And Jesus says, well, he said, what else must I do to get saved? He said, go sell everything you have and get to the poor. I love that question, yeah. the way it's framed, but go yeah. ahead. So, <clears throat> but what Jesus is doing, Jesus is not telling him how to get saved. Right. <laughs> Okay, most people see that and say, what do I, Jesus tell him to earn his, you got to give everything. No, that's not what Jesus, Jesus is saying, he is answering the guy's question based on his theology. Sure. Based on the guy's theology of salvation. So he said, okay, you've done this, this, and this, and this, and you're asking what else, what more must I do? If you want to earn it, Mm -hmm. if you think you can earn it, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to need to go and sell everything you have and get to the poor. And Jesus knew he was not going to do that. Sure. You know, and uh, which he's telling him, you can't, he's telling him, you can't save yourself. Right. Jesus is telling him, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. What must I do? Well, you can't do anything. But if you want to try, sure, go out and do what you got to do. Yeah. Try this on so for size. Give everything you got yeah. away. Everything. <clears throat> at least, at least benefit some other people. Not if you're going to 50%, yeah. give it all away. Yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, and the, and the Bible says that he, uh, Walked away very discouraged. <laughs> he was sad. <laughs> sure. And it frustrated. Now, we don't know if he went away and thought about it. We're not told the rest of the story on this guy. It, the Holy Spirit got a hold of him. I he, like to think it did. Uh, but obviously, we're not told. My hope no. is, is that boy, he was right. convicted and he walked away going, that right. makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so, that I can talk to him. Yeah. You know, when, so I, when I'm I dead and going. One, the answer to your question. Yeah. What do we do? I think one thing is, is that if you have a relationship with somebody who's lost and religious, lost goes to church a lot, lost knows the Bible and all that kind of stuff, and they're clean, they're good and all that kind of stuff um uh you ha- you have to have honest conversations yeah you know and so um and th- this is one reason why okay so like this coming sunday I- i'm meeting with uh, three people that want to be baptized mm-hmm. okay and so because we're having a baptismal service a couple weeks from now mm-hmm. and so these three people that i'm meeting with uh one of the things i go over with is i talk to them about you know when they were saved Tell me about that. When it happened? What's what's your story? Um, but then what I do is I I go into this thing about making sure they understand baptism doesn't save you. Right now, there's some people that might listen to this from a different theological background. Right? They, oh no, no, yeah, the Bible's real clear. No, no, it's not real clear. No, it's, it's not. It's not, that's not what it says. So anyway, um, the only thing Bible's really clear on is exactly how you get saved. <laughs> you know, like through faith alone in Christ. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, but anyway, now, uh, the reason I do that is, is because there are some folks who are, they're just trying to be cleaner. Sure. They're trying to be more righteous. And so another thing that they got to check off their holy box Mm -hmm. is I need to be baptized so I can go to heaven. Well, see, if you have that, any thought like that at all, no, you're lost. Right. It's not Jesus plus works. Right. It's not Jesus plus baptism, Jesus plus going to church, Jesus plus reading your Bible. It's not. It's Jesus' own. Yeah, there is no second part to that no, equation. No, it's real. It's real simple, but obviously, yeah, highly complicated. You yeah, know, yeah. I, but but it, but the context of it is simple. It's it's a it's a it's a one word equation. Jesus, that is it. That's it. You know, it's like we can't add plus anything. No. We, there, nothing before or after that right. word is going to make it different. Yeah. It's just that word. Yeah. Jesus is sufficient for our salvation. He's not sufficient if you have to add anything to him. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. So then it becomes Jesus and me saving me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And what's strange about all this is even in Ephesians chapter two, it talks, you know, this verse that we're basing on the spiritually dead. Mm-hmm. Folks, we said, well, if you read down about eight verses later, what you have is, you know, uh, you are saved by grace through faith alone. And then it says, and that doesn't even come, it, that, it, that it doesn't even come from you. That right. Faith. Yes. Doesn't even come from you. Whew. Yeah. 
No, we got okay. I mean, you can't even say, "Well, I believed and you didn't." Well, okay. Yeah, well, you know, God had a thing in that. Okay, <laughs> right, right. okay. You can't take credit for that either. You can't right. boast about your salvation in any form. Correct, because it's all Jesus. Right. All right. So when we're when we're dealing with these spiritually dead folks, there are some things that we need to. Oh my word, we've already been going in almost an hour. Of course, of course, we spent the first thirty minutes talking about. <laughs> Whatever it was Whatever we it was. talked about. Church and <laughs> yeah. how churches change. And, yeah. But however, it all is connected because you can see, once you understand the spiritual stages of growth and you're thinking, hey, how can we reach the lost or the spiritual infant? It begins to change. Yes. It's actually it's very, very individually how you approach the person, but also as a church. How, okay, this event is for, because when I'm planning an event or I'm looking at an event, I'm thinking, well, who are we after? Yeah. Because that determines... How we're gonna how we're gonna look and sound and what we're gonna do? Well, and, and imagine a big group of Christians who understand spiritual growth, and and are able to look at a person and get a, a sense. Imagine the good we can do and that the 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 positivity that we can spread and imagine the 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 hope and all of those things. You know, if we take the time to understand these things. Man, God can use us and light us like a firework. And man, there's just so much good that we can do. You know what I'm saying? A, a group of Christians who have an understanding of spiritual levels of growth, man, can 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 sure do a lot of good. Well, even Paul said, I've become all to reach all. Say that again. Paul said, I have become all to reach all. What he means is, yeah. he says, he's saying, look, I I, I change. According to the culture I'm in, yes, and he's not being phony. He's not being no. hypocritical. He's just realizing, okay, uh, these people here, they think eating meat offered to idols, sure, is a sin. Yeah. So you know what? I'm not going to eat the meat. Right. On back off. Right. Okay. Yes. So yes. Yeah. Um, look at who you're dealing with. Look at who you're dealing with. Enter uh, their world. Don't yes. Don't expect them to enter your world. Be empathetic person. to their yeah, position. Yeah. Right. 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 Empathy. Yeah. So <laughs> you know? now. Uh, since we're running on short time, yeah, um, um, and we'll come back to this. There's a there's these phrases from the stage which we've mentioned some along the way. They say certain things, you know what I'm saying, that you can pick up on. Going, oh, that's probably a lost person that would say that. And they all they have spiritual needs of the change. But here's the deal. So when you're thinking about this, let's let's get bring it to our world for just a moment. <clears throat> let's say you have a family member, or you go to work with someone, or you go to school with somebody. Who um, is a part of the LGP, LGBTQ plus group? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and let's just say you think they're lost. So we're on that scale of minus one, minus ten. Okay. Um, now, if you now this is where uh, if you are engaged in understanding where they are spiritually and your mission that you think God's is to reach that person for Christ. Mm -hmm. There's it. The mission is more important than their sin. Oh yeah. See, I love it. Cause what happens is Christians, they try to get somebody to stop that sin that bothers them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. When that's God's job. Yep. Okay. You can have a conversation about it. You know, y'all can disagree and stuff, but what I tell Christians is that you never see Jesus getting upset with sinners. <laughs> now, he does get upset with the religious people. He sure enough does. So here's here's the deal: Jesus is going to get more mad at me if I miss if I'm not sharing the gospel yep. and teaching the word yep. than he is with somebody who's part of the LGBTQ plus deal. Okay? Amen. Yes, you understand what I'm just saying. Here? I sure enough do. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Um, so as Christians, we're going to, we need to, if we can just understand, okay, these, these folks, anybody, I'm not talking about LGBTQ plus at this point, just anybody. Yeah. Whether it's a Muslim, part of that community, or they have a, you know, it's an alcoholic parent or an alcoholic spouse or whatever, and they're lost and they don't care. And you go to church and they don't, and they're mocking you and all that kind of stuff. And they don't want to hear you talk about God and all that kind of stuff. And, but you know, you love Jesus and all that stuff. And, and there's this tension there at work or at home or wherever it's going on. You know, if you understand that, okay, God has got this person in my life and they're stage one, Mm -hmm. they're lost. Okay. God, 
well, what do they need? What do they need from me? Right. And how do you want to use me in their life? And how can I do this in the most loving, compassionate, forgiving, and friendly way possible? Because the Bible's real clear. If we're going to be like Jesus. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Yes. There's something, there was something about Jesus, Mr. Holy. Right. Mr. Who, Mr. Holy who hates sin. Right. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. Uh, there's something about him that sinners were drawn to, not repelled by. Now, see, that's, that's weird. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about unholy being drawn to holy. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, right? But when it comes to Jesus, it worked. Now, why is that? And why? And so, I, my my thought is is that I think Christians we're getting this wrong. We're too angry at sinners. We're just mad at them. Right. Because they're somehow mocking our God, belittling Jesus. They're using God's name in vain. They're cussing. They're, you know, they're living some alternative lifestyle that breaks God's heart. You know, we're mad at them because of it. You know, it's like, you know, we got to somehow defend God's honor and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going, I don't think God's feelings are hurt. Well, and not only that, if God's heart was broken, we all did it. (laughs) We all. Every one of us did it. <laughs> yes. It's like the same person who's pointing going, you're breaking God's yeah. heart. It's like, yeah. hey, yeah. uh, you know, you had just as much of a part of that yeah. as whoever this is and whatever they're over here doing. Yeah. It's yes, yeah, so I, I won't get off on a soapbox right. there, but it's like come and and so so how do we do that? Well, Jesus obviously understood better than anyone people's stages of spiritual growth and where they were at. You know what I'm saying? So if the unholy pursued the holy uh-huh. and if if it if it's understood that he understood the stages more than anybody <clears throat> well then that that makes that makes this an important topic that we should that we should think about and and you know and and process through and and utilize absolutely and i mean it, this is to me understanding the stages especially stage one yes with the lost world because because here's the thing here here's I mean, this is complicated, sure, but simple. Like you said, it's complicated and simple at the same time. It's simple because really what we just need to do is just simply love the lost people. Yes. It's complicated because we don't know how to love people, generally speaking. Yeah. We just, don't know how to love our spouse. We don't know how to love our children because we, we don't take enough time to really dig into the Word. Right. And say, okay, God, I need you to redefine and reshape what love is based on your Word and not my own selfishness. Not my own selfishness. Yes. Okay? Yes. So now, when once you start growing in how to love others, you know you're going to find yourself. Uh, is there sin that's going to bother you? Yes. It's going to make you sad. Yeah. And you're going to hurt for them. Yes. And I have people in my life that I care about that are lost. Right. I do not turn my back on them, or I want and I pray that God. Right will convict them and bring them to where I'm at. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the day, but I won't turn my back on them. No, No, I'm just going to love on them. I'm going to be that friend to them. I'm going to, I'm going to be that example. I'm not going to cram my theology down their throat, but I am going to be that example. I'm still going to be there for them. And you know, just, just like I think Jesus wants me to do. Yeah. I mean, think about it. The prodigal son. Yes. Okay. So there's a lot going on symbolism in that story, but I mean, think about it. The, the prodigal son's dad. Right. Let him go. Loved him anyway. Yes. Kept waiting for him to come back. Yes. Looking forward, you know, looking forward. Is he coming back today? No, not yet. I don't see him. And one day he did. But you know what? You know, but for him to come back, for the prodigal son to get back, you know what had to happen? Well, first of all, he lost everything he had. Sure. All right. Yep. And now he was in a pig pen. A lot going on there. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Sure. But he was in the pig pen. And the Bible says that it was in the pig pen where he came, and I'm, I'm quoting, came to his senses. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then he came back. Yes. So I think there are times where the most loving thing that we can do as Christians is mm-hmm. let our lost friends dive as deep as they want to go into that sin. Sure. That lifestyle. Just let them go. Because eventually what's going to happen is they're going to start finding that it's not filling them up like they thought it was. Sure. Because sin's fun. Oh yeah, from from a worldly perspective, and on the front end, I mean, the reason why we struggle with sin is because it's 
it's not. Yes, real. Yes. Nice, you it know? fulfills all yeah. those selfish, oh, it does. self-centered. Man, it makes you temporarily happy. Oh it, yeah, it's like a drug. You yes, know that kind of thing. You just, it you feeds that. our sinful nature exactly right. what it needs right. That's and right. what it wants. Yeah, that's right. You know. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, we'll we'll come back to this. Uh, you know, next time we, we need to wrap it up. But uh, next time we'll be in the stage two. We're gonna say, okay, so this person that we've been talking about, the spiritually dead person. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say. They become a Christian somewhere along the way. God yep. gets a hold of them. Yep. They realize I'm a sinner. Yep. Okay. I need Jesus in my life. And he prays a sinner prayer or whatever. You know, it's, he places his faith in Jesus and he or she gets saved. Now what? Sure. Now they've just entered into uh, uh, stage two. But here's the thing when you go from stage one to stage two and you're in stage two, you're now a believer, stage two. What's what the odd thing about this is? You're probably going to look and sound like, and act like, and think a lot like your old stage one, and there's probably going to be very little uh, yep. difference. That yeah, anybody it, notices the difference between those two is razor thin. It is. You know, it, it is. It's just that word Jesus. Right. That that equation. That's right. Now exists. Everything else yeah. also exists. Yeah. But now that word Jesus exists. Yeah. That's about the only difference right at the beginning of stage two. And now they are what the Bible calls a spiritual infant. Sure. And they're going to poop and belch and burp yes. and cry. And, and be selfish. And be and needy. Yes. Oh, they're so needy. Mm-hmm. And uh, high maintenance. Yeah. Inconvenient. Sure. You know, and you're going to start thinking, I don't even know if they're safe. <laughs> right. Well, you're a good company because Paul thought this very exact same thing about a whole church called... <laughs> In Corinth, in Corinth. Yeah. And we'll talk about that uh, next time. All right. So hopefully this has been helpful, insightful, and give you some uh, food f- for thought and some things to think about. Um, uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this whole series, this whole process and, uh, as we go through it. I think what we're going to end up doing, though, is I think we are going to just do one stage at a time. I'm pretty they're sure so, they're that, so different. Well, not only are they so different, but yeah. we, us, you and I, there's just no way we're no, going to be able to do it. And besides, as you always say, you always remind me, hey, Jeff, this is called Conversations for a Reason. Well, yeah, we're just chatting. We're just chatting. Yep, there's, yep. There's, Hopefully people are enjoying yeah. listening. Yeah. If not, hey, hey I, I get it. I get You know what? Then it's just for me and you. <laughs> I, I feel better. <laughs> you know that selfishness. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, um, uh, man, keep all this stuff in mind and start thinking through it. Talk to your friends about it. And if this is helpful, pass this podcast on to other people. And, uh, you know, we have a, we're starting to build up um, a list of various podcasts and, um, you know, go back and listen to some of them because we're just trying to talk about things that we think would be helpful and beneficial for you Uh whether you're a believer or not, just sure. helping you understand, even though I think most of our audience is believers, but uh, we always hope. All right, until next time. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.